Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Jim Francis. Jim has most recently been the executive manager for Oncology Strategic Growth at Icon Group, and he's about to start a new venture and to be able to chat with him about that. Welcome to the podcast, Jim. Thank you very much for having me, Jono. I'm looking forward to hearing some of you. Before we get to that, tell us about, um, as we just talked about before, you know, pressing record, what you've most recently been doing and what's next for you. Sure, Jono. Um, so my, my last role with Icon Group was the executive manager of Oncology Strategic Growth. Um, and that entailed looking at ways to um, improve the, 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 the service and the company in terms of revenue, revenue growth, um, looking at uh, process and transformation um, opportunities. Um, and that means where can we do things better with what we have or invest in certain areas to improve our efficiency. Um, you know, probably taking a step back, cancer, the Icon Group itself is all about cancer care services. So what we do is we offered um, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, pharmacy and compounding. So it was a vertically integrated cancer care model, which is unique in Australia and, and one of a kind in Australia. And combined, it, was the, uh, it is the, the largest cancer care provider in Australia and um, prior to that role uh, John um, excuse me I was <coughs> the CEO of the company um, just for the cancer care division um, and that was uh, that was a job that uh, led about 600 people in the radiation oncology and the chemotherapy division it was a, a, a job that I was very honored to have and to lead um, and in a company that um, exuded amazing values and it was a great place to work. We even won the BRW, great places to work um, back in the day, which was fantastic and it really shows its testament to, to how the company values its people and is committed to providing a, a, an exemplary service of care to patients uh, that have cancer. Um, prior, yeah, so in all my career, Jono, it's all, it's all been about cancer care. Um, back when I first graduated, uh, I was on the tools. I was treating patients as a radiation therapist. So I had a, a very uh, unique experience to, to be there with patients throughout their journey of treatment. Um, and it was an honourable one because, you know, you learn a lot. You learn a lot f about life uh, from, from, from these patients um, who, who look to you for strength and courage and hope and 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 what happens in the end when you see a patient that you treat for for many for many many days on end you develop a, a relationship based on trust and that's never left me throughout the years doesn't matter how what position i was in i always remembered what our patients need and and from that also because of the fact that my staff would be 
would be those people that would be delivering that care, what I need to do, to do for those people, for our staff, to ensure that uh, they maintain the standard of service that we require from them to those patients. So, so that was, that's been my career, I guess, in, in a nutshell. And uh, uh, just recently, I mean, I was in a position where I sort of, you know, I had to weigh up my, 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 my current situation and I thought, okay, look, you know, I've achieved what I, I set out to achieve um, and it was a good time for me to, to hang up the gloves in cancer care and, and those leadership roles and, and put faith into the people, the emerging leaders that we put a lot of work into to take the company on to the next, next level now and the next phase of growth. And, and I guess I look back at what I was pretty good at, I guess, without, you know, scratching my own head. Uh, to my own horn, as to say, and, and, and to look at, okay, what, what, what did I enjoy doing most and what was I best at and what can I do to provide more value for organisations out there who are seeking quality leaders? And that was about, um, and that prompted me to, you know, um, to, to realise that interview coaching um, was, was one thing that I love doing for, for our staff who were going for promotions in-house. Um, and I want to be able to now impart my knowledge um, and experience onto people that will, uh, around middle management to, to you know, C-level suite management managers who are looking to uh, maybe get a promotion or change jobs to understand how to set themselves up for a successful interview interaction to be able to give their best uh, in that situation and, and give themselves every chance of getting the job. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing some of some of where you've been, and it's really exciting. It's uh, it's wonderful to hear your passion for, like you said, getting alongside people and really helping them to. I think it's definitely a skill set that um, is misunderstood, and people don't realize just how much you know the whole situation when you're looking to find a new role from everything. Mm-hmm. You and also just the way you think and your mindset about who you approach. So I think you're, um, yeah, I think it's really exciting. So excited to see what happens. Thanks. Um, Let's chat about your story, Jim. So starting starting with growing up and your childhood, tell us about uh, what were some of the moments from that season of your life that really shaped you into the person Mm -hmm. and the leader you are today? So my childhood, I was very fortunate. I had a Loving family, still have. Mum's still with us. Um, thank goodness and thank God for that. Um, and I'll probably start there. I think she she was a workhorse. Um, and, you know what an old you know workhorse of a woman, which is just was full of determination, resilience, and um, you know hard work in, in her approach to raising a family. And, and I looked at that, and that taught me a lot. Um, taught me that you know. You've got to just push through and work hard, stay true to your values. Um, taught me a lot um, in, in terms of building my strength, uh, understanding that things don't come easy in life. You've got to work hard. Um, and, uh, and she was an inspirational, definitely an inspirational factor um, in my life. Um, and, and Dad the same, you know, he was a... We, as I said to your working class family, he was a truck driver. Um, it's very different to mine, and um, but he had his role in the family, and and I understood what um, 
many things from, from, from dad when it came to, again, family values. Um, and that's, that, that helped shaped me as a person, um, uh, those two influential people, I guess. And as I moved through my childhood, I started getting into some team sports and, and I guess uh, my, what's in my blood is, is football or what we know as soccer. Um, but um, football helped me in many ways when it came to working in the team environment um, at, 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 in a cancer care play, uh, setting, you know, and that means how to know your role, how to play your role, your responsibility within the team, um, how to trust your teammates. Um, and you, you, you can take a lot away about playing in a, a team sport and then translating them into the working environment. So that was, that was something that I will always look back on in terms of the learnings. Uh, so the yeah, team sports is, is quite important and, and not only understanding what your, what your role is within the team, but it also gives you an insight into coaching. So you've got your coach and, you know, your coach could be one of those, you know, whipping ones that I remember we used to do laps when we were misbehaving, you know, you got the, the, the kids that were, um, you know, um, you know, the carrot and the stick thing where, you know, you're motivated by the, the, the carrot or the stick. You know, coaches that were just one-way minded and that probably didn't work for me. And that helped me realise, okay, you know, that that's that what style of coaching may not be the most effective or, you know, it's not very, um, you know, it's not a very one-size-fits-all approach uh, all the time. So, again those kind of things during my childhood helped me question certain things, um, feel certain things, take away and translate them back into the working environment. And when I became a leader, I always remember those things and ensure that I learned from the good and the bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interesting. You mentioned your, your parents and uh, I love what you, work ethic and that determination which obviously has had a bit do you have any stories that come to mind of your mum uh <laughs> they don't have to be leadership related but just <laughs> because um i can hear how much of an influence she's she's had on you oh, uh, gee, stories yeah. oh. <laughs> determination and <laughs> oh i'm gonna try to hold back the tears here john over um back in i remember uh, it was summer and she used to work in um at the back of it in a shed. It was like a tin shed where you used to put your, um, you know, your lawnmowers and stuff like that. So in, in summer in Melbourne, it can crack 40 degrees at times, as you know. But in that shed, it was 50, 50 plus. It was just an absolute, um, it was on fire, that place. And she would be there, the poor thing, having to sew. Uh, she, she was a, a machinist, sewing machinist. So she would have been having to sew these winter garments, which were all, you know, woolen and, and, and what have you, and the poor thing would just be sweating and sweating and sweating, and your heart would just break. You think, well, how can I help? How can I help? And and you couldn't. You could only just do, you know, uh, bits and pieces around around it to, to help um, in any which way possible. But the grunt of the work had to be done by her because of her skill set. And when I looked at that, Jono, I said, you know what? You, you're doing this much just to put your kids through school to 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 give them. Um, everything you can in life and I'm going to do everything to make sure that your efforts don't go um, to waste. And and that was my sense of determination that came from there. 
Yeah, that's that's incredible. Thank you for for sharing that um, beautiful, beautiful. It's Thanks, amazing John. how every leader always looks back and has some. Um, you know, it, it's not always parents, and I think it's really awesome that for you it is. Um, Thank you. It, there's always those moments you look back and go, yeah. character personality really. Um, you know, that had a influence yeah. on that. So, tell us a bit about. Uh, I, I guess as you as you grew older. Do you remember your first mm-hmm. leadership opportunity where you really felt like you were in the deep end or you were breaking through a ceiling of some kind to need to learn a new skill around managing people, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, really owning a project or leading with vision? What comes to mind? Yeah. Um, I, um, the, the first leadership opportunity for me came when, I was in, I was sun, sun tanning in Mykonos, you know, in Greece, having a good old time. And um, I received an email saying, hey, there's a, there's, a, there's a job opportunity going in Toowoomba. They're starting a new cancer centre out there. And I, I worked very closely with the uh, person who was leading it, Mark Middleton, who was also my most uh, recent group CEO and, and long-time boss um, and friend, dear friend. And um, he reached out and, and, you know, I said, well, you know, that, that, that role is to I see it's a big, big jump from where I was. Um, but then I looked at Mark and it was quite a big jump for him to be the chief out there. And I thought, you know what, he, he's backing himself. He's backing me. Um, he sees something in me. I, I said, oh, look, I, I don't have everything it takes from the get-go, but I'm going to learn it and I'll do the best I could. So, and that was a, a big, big commitment because I had to uproot myself and my family from from Melbourne to go to Toowoomba for this for this opportunity, which um, thankfully worked out really well. You know, I I understood then and there um, that if if sometimes you're going to make progress in your career, you've got to make sacrifices, and one of those sacrifices is is moving um, and putting yourself in 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 areas which. You may not have seen yourself, um, but if the opportunity is there to build your experience, to build your resume uh, and your profile, then you just got to take it. Um, and, you know, it may not be forever. It could be for a few years. Uh, and that's how it turned out for me. But it was an amazing experience where I, I learned how to develop uh, or build a team from scratch, how to um, be a right-hand man to an amazing leader who we'll talk about later, I'm sure, um, and understand my role, develop my leadership skills in, in terms of my style. And that was important because I, I guess I learned in, in the past that I had to be authentic as a leader. And I'm not the type of leader to, that's, you know, polished in, in terms of uh, delivering uh, uh, a certain message or this or that. I'm rough and raw and around the edges, but that's how I come. And, and I learned very quickly that you just got to maintain your authenticity, um, stay true to your, your values and your company values when you make decisions. And, um, and from that, I build the foundation to, to, to being effective in that role um, as the two I see. So we built a team from scratch. We built a service from scratch. I'm talking the whole building, you know, um, installations of treatment units, um, the whole thing. And, and it was a, a fantastic experience because I, I learned and I grew f- as, as we grew our, our, our service there. Um, 
So I think that that was the, the biggest opportunity in terms of leadership that I took. And, and, and guess what, John, I guess if I didn't take that opportunity, I, I don't think I would have been in a position where mm. I would have had to, could undertake the roles that I've had subsequently. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know what, that's one of the things, it would be in the top five sort of ideas that have really stood out to me from doing more than a hundred podcasts and chatting with leaders mm-hmm. from all around the world is uh, looking back and going that there's some point where you're in the deep end where you go, oh, I don't know for sure that I'm going to be able to do this, which when, mm-hmm. you know, usually leaders at some level, like, you know, you mentioned sports and um, that's not necessarily an thing to to come to terms with but it's it comes up again and again and again and i can hear it with what you're doing now as you step into this next season to go actually i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna step out i'm gonna go and do this thing and i think it's a wonderful encouragement for young leaders who are trying to map out the perfect career for themselves to go actually don't be afraid to take a jump at some point even if even if it looks like questionable as to whether i'll be able to do it perfectly or or hey i might make I'll be a bit out of my depth. Um, it's it's just it's nearly always, even when it doesn't go well, it's nearly always part of the journey that's reflected on yeah. as a key key exactly. pillar because you learn so much. Exactly, John, you nailed it. It is a journey. People have to know that. Um, understand the limitation. You're not going to get it right from the first go, but you've got to learn. You've got to continue to learn and develop and grow and, and build your leadership qualities from experience. Uh, I think we were chatting about it earlier, uh, pre-podcast, Jono, that my approach to leadership really wasn't textbook. You know, I've, I've done some, you know, business admin courses. And, and although they give you a great um, insight into some of the 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 ways or the definitions of leadership and the styles and the effective ways to manage change and this and that are fantastic. But at the same time where you gain the most experience and the most understanding is on the job. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes, I probably mentioned it a few times now, but this idea that learning is in the doing. um, Yeah. It's so true for leadership. You know, it doesn't matter how many books you read. It's, got a team sitting around you and you're suddenly trying to work out the nuance of how do you build a high performance team um that's where the the real like you've read that's where things really start getting embedded because you put it into practice you realize what doesn't work and then you find things that do work and you have these breakthroughs and that really resonates with me um so in your career so far jim who have been some of the mentors uh who have really influenced you so far uh, yeah, influenced your leadership. Who, who comes to mind? So um, back when my first role, I had a a, a a leader that came in. He was also at 2IC at the time. Um, he was a fresh face to our group and was very different in our approach. And I guess when you when you put him next to our what, what if I could talk about our culture at the time. He brought something different, and um, that was energy. It was you'd get the same person every day. It was like there was no nothing that would make this person less energetic, less upbeat, less motivational, inspirational. Um, and you think, well, doesn't this person have any 
problems outside of work that they bring in like pretty much everyone else in here. <laughs> um, and there wasn't, and I mentioned, I mean, there was, but that person let, uh, um, taught me many, many things, um, you know, from his position where, you know, just like when I went to Toowoomba and he got, I got that, um, was fortunate enough to get that promotion, that job. He did the same. Um, that was partly my motivation behind going and, and backing myself up into, but, um, he he was just yeah pure inspiration and he cared about people he cared about us uh, and i've never had that before and I, I thought hey this is this is how it's meant to be and spending time to talk to that person about their career about what they did to get there i learned a lot um and, and uh, even with that person that that same leader i i, I um I remember going for a job interview and I didn't get it, uh, a promotion within, within the same um, cancer service. It was a public cancer service at the time. It was down at the uh, um, Austin and Repat Hospital in Melbourne. And um, Betty was flat out honest with me. Hey, Jimbo, you, this is what you've got to do, mate, if you want to get there, get there you know, and, and make progress in your career. And, and that really helped me take a good look at myself and say, hey, you know, nothing, remember nothing's given to you just because, you know, you might be, great and 100%, you give 110% day to day, there are other people that are making progress through building their profile, their resume, whether it's post-grad work or uh, research or that, this and that, that, that I also had to embark on. So that gave me a bit of a uh, kick up the bum as well. So, and, and that, that was difficult for a leader too at the time because of our relationship, which was fantastic, but you wouldn't you've got to put it on the hard word, you have to do it. And that was out of pure care and, 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 um, and, you care for me uh, mm. from that person because that person saw the, the, the potential in me and and i'm always yeah. i'll always always be grateful to that person um look an, another fellow which uh, I, I need to talk about is my my most recent um uh, boss and a long time boss uh, from toowoomba to till the um my last role and that's our icon groups ceo mark middleton um so mark you know he's he's taught me a lot he's had um he he, he led a, a service which went from one site to uh three sites four centers in, in the matter of a few years and then once the acquisition with icon um the medical oncology component to our service happened and then we brought in pharmacy and compounding we went from uh, zero to hero in the matter of months and then we grew organically after that new centers all over australia went into to hong kong and china and this was on the back of mark middleton's absolute hard work and dedication and sacrifice because <laughs> i think there was a week for example that mark didn't go to china and you know mark had, had a has a as a young family and um that was a massive sacrifice uh that, that Mark had to do for um, for his family too, not just for work and the business in terms of growth, but for the family and the future um, for them. Uh, so, so Mark taught me a lot in terms of backing myself because he backed himself. He backed me. He always gave me the kind of motivation that I needed. If I wasn't sure about something, you know, he wouldn't just give me the answer. He'd just say, do what you think's right. Um, I'll back you, whether it's right or wrong. Um, it gave me a great sense of confidence. Uh, we'd bounce ideas off each other. 
and just when you talk about leadership, that leadership, that leader has to inspire. Um, and that's what certainly what Mark did for me and the whole team for that matter. So that was uh, great to hear you talk about Mark. Jim, but I'm wondering if there are any mm-hmm. specific stories that come to mind for you from uh, working with Mark where you, you saw him deal yeah. with a, a crisis in the midst of hyper growth. You watched him, you know, mm-hmm. deal with uh, how he managed. Any, any stories that really stand out in your memory um, from working with Mark? There are many, and there are probably many that I can't share, but uh, with, with Mark, well, we had a wonderful relationship, um, as I mentioned, and um, in terms of crisis situation, there's no better man to go to than, than myself. Nah, nah, it was Mark. But, <laughs> so when we, when we think about that, there was no bigger one than, than COVID. Uh, I think that situation was a huge challenge on companies worldwide but also their leaders how to address a situation which they've never been having to encounter uh, and probably never expected to encounter right Um, and so you know all of a sudden COVID hits you know and there's lockdowns and people are working from home Um, the head office was was empty you had people who would it was a service that fortunately we could have that remote uh, set up. Uh, however, when you're talking about treating patients, it's very much hands-on. So so in one aspect, yes, there was a level of service, uh, parts of our service that we could, could work remotely. But what happened there was Mark felt, okay, look, I need to get the team to stay resilient, uh, to stay focused on the job um, and have faith in the fact that we will get through this as a team together. And one of the biggest ones of all about staying connected um, because all of a sudden everyone's out there at home. How do I keep people connected? So what he did, um, and this was, this is his idea. This is his doing. Uh, No one told him to do this. Um, so he decided that even though his emails to the team were, you know, frequent and um, wonderful in terms of seeing the, the, the true person that he is, he took it to the next level. And what he did was uh, every single morning write a, a good morning email to the whole team and give them a story, um, a, not a story, something that, that happened, uh, whether it was, um, you know, uh, an experience of his that gave you insight to his life, um, to insight to the person that he is. So no, no armor, pure, raw, unadulterated, you know, mark. And that was beautiful. Um, it was beautiful because people felt connected. People understood, hey, this is the guy that's leading us. The real mark, the real person and his stories of, um, Adversity, courage, faith, hope, um, leadership, um, loss, everything. You got everything in that. And it, it touched people on an emotional level that you couldn't even uh, – it was, it was just amazing. I heard some of, the, some of the stories, some of the feedback that came to Mark, although um, that which was made public was beautiful. You know how much they appreciated that, um, 
And um, I think the way he handled that crisis through that approach was unique and so effective, it made people try even harder to stay connected, to make sure that everyone rallies around each other in that um, crisis to, to make sure our level of service to our patients mm -hmm. does not diminish because the, the, the situation that we all felt and, and, and our mental health and, and all that sort of stuff stayed strong because of that, you know, um, and thanks, thanks to that leadership that Mark displayed. Mm. And, and subsequently, he wrote a book about it, which, uh, which is fantastic. Excellent. Uh, and do you know off the top of your head the name of the book for... Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Good Morning book. Check it out. <laughs> It's just simply the Good Morning book by Mark Middleton. Fantastic! Um, all those emails are in there. Um, if you if you if you want to have a look at, at them and what I'm talking about, yeah, buy the book. It's fantastic, and it's definitely the book that I have gifted to a lot of people. I, I love that, and you know what? It's um, as I've talked to people about dealing with crisis, specifically COVID. This idea of daily communication has come up again and again and again, but I love what Mark did, not only to just be communicating daily, but also to go to another level, like you said, of heart and knowing that, okay, if we're not going to be together as much, then we're going to have to be way more intentional about really connecting about the why behind what we do and, and the who as well. So people can understand, um, you know, who Mark and I can imagine that would have been really important as people are trying to get their jobs done and everyone would have been facing the challenges like everyone else was. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, that's something that's come up multiple times from all different parts of the world and all different, um, yeah, all different sectors is leaders communicating daily through COVID has been keys for organizations that as they look back and they go, I think that was really important. Totally agree. Mm. What about aha moments for you in your career so far? Uh, you talked about that big moment of making that decision to go to Toowoomba. Um, but what about any other aha moments that have really the and, and a leadership lesson has stuck with you ever since, or you dropped the ball on something yeah. and it turned out to be a massive leadership learning? Any other moments in your leadership journey that stand out right now? Yeah. So, oh, gee. Um... I think one of them I touched on earlier, um, you know, when you, when you encounter great leaders and you look at them, uh, your first instinct might be to emulate them. Um, and that was one of my mistakes. I try to be someone that I wasn't. And I think that that sort of hit me in one of my job interviews that I went for which I didn't get because I wasn't authentic. You know, I lost that authenticity. I lost the thing that actually got me to that seat in the interview, right? And all of a sudden I was trying to be someone else and I felt flat in my face. That's something, a piece of advice I'd give to leaders, you know, take, take um, examples from great leaders, but build them into your own style. Never lose that sense of authenticity uh, because it's not going to be natural. And that was one. Another one uh, was learning uh, that my my obvious is not necessarily another person's obvious. And what that means is I, I, I sort of just thought, you know, people would know. 
uh, people would know what I'm trying to say or would know what to do in that situation. And I had to understand the limitations of, of others a bit better and to be more clear in my ex- expectations of, of others, especially the managers reporting to me um, and, and, and things that I required of them. I had to articulate my message better or in a way that suited the person that was accepting the message so, you know, or interpreting the message. So my delivering of, of, of a message to one person or to another or to another might have to have uh, been slightly different and in accordance with that person's understanding. Everyone's different, as you know, Jono, and, and I had to understand on how to interact effectively with all different types of people in the way they perceive things. And, and take messages and not just expect mm. that people will just know because uh, that could, could, could get frustrating for, for a leader. You know, well, why didn't that person do that? Or why didn't that person know that? Well, if you didn't tell them, we weren't clear about what you were trying to say or expect, well, how, how do they know? Um, so that, that was another. Yeah. Um, and I guess one of the hard ones, um, which, which I see time and time again, people stray away from is making people accountable um, I think that was something that I might have uh, avoided in the beginning because it was a hard thing to do, especially uh, if you, even if you're managing up or down, you know, it's telling someone when they are required, when a behavior is not met or a standard's not met or whatever it is, that accountability has to be delivered. Um, because if you don't address it, if you don't make people accountable, you're telling them that it's okay. You're telling them that whatever behavior, whatever comment, whatever level of, um, I guess, uh, work or output or productivity, you're telling them it's fine. You've got to address it. You've got to make people accountable. You've got to remain true to the standards of, of service that you're trying to exhibit and uphold. And that, that's all about making hard decisions, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And it's, um, I think it's one of the hardest things in leadership. I, I wrote down this, um, this quote, I think it's, it's been attributed to Perry Belcher. Um, nothing will kill a great employee faster than watching you tolerate a bad one. And, <laughs> Very true. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the big problem is it's, it is easier in the short term not to address it. Right. But then you've got a double-edged sword that behavior continues and you go, you realize, Oh, it's not just going to take care of itself. And then I think the real kick in the guts that a lot of leaders experience that if they've struggled with this, this is often the turning point is when their best people, you know, one of their best people actually says I'm out because I want to be on a team that's a truly high performance team. And they may not say that, but that's why really they leave because they go, I want to go somewhere where my standard is the, Minimum where I'm being stretched, mm-hmm. not where a, a lower mm-hmm. standard is being tolerated. Yep, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely true, Jono. I mean, I, I've I've been, uh, you know, when I took opportunities and, and left organisations, it partly was it, the reason may have been you know for career progression and all that, but there was an element of hey, I wasn't fulfilled in certain aspect of 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 my my working needs, uh, whether it was recognition, whether it was career progression, whether it was development, whether it was um, those kinds of things we just talked about, making people accountable around me, which which emulated from leadership. Things were like that. If leaders don't change 
or leadership isn't changed, the actual role, person, nothing's going to change. Um, so, yeah, very, very important points there you raised, Jono. Yeah, so good. Well, let's uh, let's jump into Leadership Express. I've got a few questions for you. You already mm-hmm. mentioned one book. You mentioned Mark's book. Um, are there any other books for you, Jim? You know, you, you tend to give them away a lot. You recommend them a lot to other people. Uh, yes, uh, I've got... Look, I love the Alex Ferguson book, uh, his autobiography. So, you know, we're talking about a long-time standing manager of Manchester United and I'm not a Manchester United fan so it says a lot about me raising this I'm a Liverpool supporter so talking about Alex Ferguson it's a bit of a you know I, I am a Manchester <laughs> I am a Manchester United fan <laughs> you poor fella one highlight of my Manchester United year <laughs> yes, <laughs> he all right, oh, but, but you know what? You've got a history of absolute prestige uh, because of this man, a man who brought a team together, a team of, look, you know, he might have had a couple of champion players, but he had a champion team. You know that saying, a champion team always beats a team of champions, and he, he had that. Um, he um, was able to get the best out of his team, the best out of each individual um, through amazing man management. And not only that, it got them to work as a well-oiled team together to trust each other. That's a big thing on the playing field about trusting each other's ability. And he got that out of them. He, and we're not talking about a year or two of success. We're talking about a decade-plus long um, string of trophies that, that this, this coach, this Sir Alex Ferguson, brought into uh, Manchester United and forever to be in, in folklore history books. Um, he's just a, a legend, and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, look, there's a lot that um, that you, one can get out of that book, and things like leading change. I, I like giving uh, leading change by John Cotter. Um, that was a book that I helped uh, that helped me in one of my roles, uh, which underwent a lot of big, big change in in in, uh, in the form of acquisition and cultural change. And, um, yeah, as we said, the Good Morning Book by Mark, those three. Great recommendation. Next question. Is one of the biggest things that, that leaders are often interested in is how to run a great one-on-one. Any tips or advice? Or is there anything that um, in, in really healthy one-on-one meetings with your team? Um, look at one-on-one meetings. I think one one thing. I oh, look. I love to ask questions. Uh, I love to get people involved. You know, I, I don't want. I don't want to be in a meeting and and just blurt out all the instructions and how it's going to be. And even if I know the answers, I will ask that person what they think. Um, especially um, leaders as well. Um, people that were reporting to me, I, I wouldn't want to just spoon feed them the answers. I want them to think, I want them to, to back themselves. I want them to see that I, I back them as well. And I faith in, in their decision-making ability. So I would say in that environment, ask questions, ask. Yeah, that's a great, great. What about um, <laughs> here thing? Could stop doing. Be better leaders. 
Stop doing. Um, I would say I see some leaders out there that um, maybe what I would say is maybe need, need to do more of, and that is bringing their team on the journey. Um, in other words, being a bit more transparent what, 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 what is happening at the higher level, whether it's board level, strategic goals and, and progress and growth. Be a bit more transparent in that way. So your team, you know, right through to the person that is delivering the service, whatever it is that the industry is related to, understands where the, what the company is all about and where they're going and make them feel a part of it. Make them feel a part of the journey. It's difficult, but it's doable. Um, and that's a challenge that I would mm. say that all leaders need to be aware of and to try to achieve that sense of engagement. Yeah, fantastic. Um, last question. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Okay. Um, to a young leader, hard work pays off. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's very true. Hard work pays off. Love it. Um, well, for those who really enjoyed hearing some of your story and your you online um, as you, you know, start, how can people connect with you online? Yeah. Jono, um, I am on LinkedIn uh, under Jim Francis. I have yet to update it, obviously, um, post my recent role, but I am uh, available there and I can, um, I'm more than happy to connect with people and, and, and share experiences. And if people are wanting any pieces of advice um, on their leadership uh, journey, I would love to um, be able to give my um my take on things i love helping people Jono, and um you know those that reach out um i would more than be more than happy to liaise with and um and in the future i i trust that you know if all going well that my new my next venture gets off the ground i'll i'll have an update on my linkedin page so people can find me there wonderful well uh, i want to thank our listeners for tuning in uh, such a fun episode chatting about all things leadership with Jim. Don't forget, I also have leadership podcast and the leadership podcast of uh, leadership question of the day sorry, that you can go and check out. Invest in. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you Jim, for being so generous, uh, for great stories. Um, um, you know about your. Yeah, it's just been a real joy to spend time with you. Thanks for coming on the. Thank you so much, Jono, for the opportunity. I had lots of fun and um, I wish everyone all the best in their leadership journey. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, 
answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John White or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. 
So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.